2: Just what is going on at Nine and is Hugh Mark safe? More cost cutting and more layoffs as media companies feel the effects of COVID-19 and Channel 10's big push for more of the advertising pie. Welcome to the podcast where people in the TV industry get their news. It's true.
0: This is TV Blackbox. Bringing you the inside goss from the TV industry.
2: Hello, TV lovers, and welcome to another big edition of the TV Black Box podcast. In case you don't know, I'm Rob McKnight. You can find me on the socials at Rob underscore McKnight. Sarah Monaghan is one of my co-hosts here at TV Black Box, and she's coming to you from the States. She's Shrimp Tank on the socials. Hello, Sarah.
0: Howdy, y'all. I am still trapped in Texas. (laughs)
2: <laughs> the viewers advocate Steve Malk is here Just search for Steve Malk on the socials Is that the correct
3: one Malk? I'm now confused because my template still has mulk's TV talk God, I'm more concerned about uh, Hello Rob, good evening everyone um, I'm more concerned about the fact that you're on the socials <laughs> Are you down with the kids? <laughs> no, if, if, I'm sure they're not saying that Do you <laughs> want to go down the malt shop and get a Whatever <laughs>
2: <laughs> Mom, there is something about me. I've never claimed to be hip. I've never claimed to be one of the cool kids. So, uh, yeah. No jury anyway. would convict. <laughs> no, absolutely not. Hey, we also have the man who you might know was a contestant on Big Brother oh, and he, in fact, was a winner. Just in case we haven't mentioned it, it's Benjamin J. Benjamin J- <laughs> <laughs> Norris. Hello,
1: Ben. That was amazing. I was the best intro I've ever heard for myself. <laughs> 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 and a massive shout-out to Tracy G, who follows us all on Twitter. I said this afternoon mm. I had a little quiz, which was... You know, if you can guess the animal that sometimes pops into this show, you'll get a shout-out on today's episode. So, Tracy G, which is at Boza 1970 uh, thank you. You got it correct. It is, in fact, a donkey that uh, Sarah has in her house. It's Sarah's (laughs) ass.
3: In her house. It's coming. Wow, Ritzy's moved up. It's right
1: behind you.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And... Hang on, you've heard one, two, three, four people, so there must be one more sitting in his boudoir drinking a nice drop of red. It's none other than our very own Viscount Brookie. Hello, Stephen Brook.
4: Hello, Rob, and I reckon I lay claim to being the daggiest person of the lot of you. No. <laughs> yeah, which I know is no small feet, but uh, in a little known fact, I'll just let you in. I used to live with a triple J announcer And we're chatting away once, and she said, Stephen, and I said, yes, she said, if you're ever going out on a date, and I said, yes, a word of advice... Don't ever talk about the type of music you <laughs> like. <laughs> wow! So wow. I won't.
2: What type of music do you
4: like? I mean, I like well, Kylie see, Minogue. So I'm <laughs> my my are way worse than that, my friend. Oh really? My lips are sealed.
2: Okay. Well, that's one we shall we shall dig a little deeper oh, and see
4: if we
1: can. Are find we all out. on a date with you it, right now? Is that what you're saying? Like that you won't.
4: I am most definitely not saying. I want to know that, who no. the Triple J announcer
3: he <laughs> lived with was. Well. I
1: love
2: his outfit. You know, the red velvet uh, bathrobe is quite alluring in its own way. <laughs> oh, God.
4: Have we got a show to do? Let's move on. Let's move on. I love it.
2: All right, let's get into the news. And reports over the weekend suggest the tide is turning against Nine CEO Hugh Marks. Referred to as Hollywood Hugh in the Sunday Telegraph piece, the paper claims executives and board directors alike have become increasingly concerned about Nine's revised business strategy under Marks. That strategy has seen the company move away from the free-to-air broadcaster's grassroots television audience, and they say the CEO's lack of attention to long-standing business alliances is also a problem. Stephen, what do you make of this? I thought Hugh's doing a great job. Isn't Nine financially the best out of all the free-to-air networks?
4: Well, I would have put him ahead of all his chief executive rivals. Uh, Paul Anderson from 10 is gone James Warburton having a very difficult time at Seven. Hugh has taken Nine and merged it with Fairfax, which I thought left Seven and even News Corp a bit flat-footed. He has, yes, moved away from grassroots television because you've got to in this day and age. He's looking for new revenue streams. Stan is subscription, which clearly is where it's at, and that product triumphed over Presto, which was Seven and Foxtel's offering. So ahead of points there, uh, he certainly played hardball with the cricket and Foxtel and Seven won the rights, but what a deal that turned out to be for both of them. Mm. Kind of unaffordable, yeah. I think. Uh, whereas Hugh's Yeah, but the piece point... also
2: tried to, or one of the pieces in the Sunday Telegraph, because there were a couple, tried to um, make that seem like it was a bad deal that Nine lost the cricket, and Nine are laughing all the way to the bank having the Australian Open, aren't they?
4: Well, they're saving heaps of money. The important thing about the Australian Open, which people tend to forget, versus the uh, cricket, was that the cricket was divided up. Digital rights were yes. at, at one spot. Nine and Mark's was very emphatic. I want all the rights, including digital, to the sporting properties that I buy. And, uh, I mean, he did say the other week that they could walk away from the NRL due to the um, the the pause on the matches, but then the weekend papers are full of a story that there might be a seven-year long-term deal between the NRL and Nine and Foxtel. So I don't think the criticism is worry, is warranted, but certainly people are briefing against him. The article also had the extraordinary uh, addition way down the bottom that Nine chairman Peter Costello was all for, also for the chop to be replaced by Nick Faloon, who's the old Fairfax chairman, And is on the board. So maybe Nine and Fairfax did turn out to be a bit of an unhappy marriage.
3: Just treat me like an idiot for a second. Um, All right. What stable is the Daily Telegraph in?
4: (laughs) (laughs) Well, it was in the Sunday Telegraph and it is part of News Corp. Mm -hmm. But I just don't think you write a story like that as bizarre and as way out that it sounds without credible people Talking to you about it. I mean, this does sound unbelievable, but let's remember the whole idea that the ABC chairman was going to off the managing director, Michelle Guthrie, sounded unbelievable sure. until it actually <laughs> happened.
3: And, and we are in crazy media times, there is no question. And, Brookie, you, like us at Rob and I and Kevin at TV Blackbox, Ben, uh, we all get sent. Um, hints and tips and you know tidbits of truth and stories and you know stuff that's manufactured you've got to kind of work through that dross and and work out which of your um, sources you can trust and and those kinds of things keep them safe Uh, could someone else point me at a positive story that any any news court publication has done on nine fairfax since (laughs) they merged
1: Oh, I didn't think you could. Thanks very much. No. Tumbleweeds, tumbleweeds. (laughs) Is that jealousy of nine?
3: News got hung out to dry because they thought that they were going to walk in and buy ten. That never happened. So they were all bitsy, having a big cry. And then um, along came this whole Fairfax thing and they were in the offing to try and buy some of that, particularly Domain, didn't happen. So news now have the guns out. For knowing Fairfax because they are absolutely their main competitor.
1: And is his assistant collateral damage to this? Like, I saw that story about saying that he was having an affair with his, uh, you know, his assistant or whoever it was. And, you know, it was just a photo of him having lunch with her one day. And the photos were set up to make it seem like he's having an affair with her. And I'm just like, is she collateral damage in this? Because like I yeah, she is, and-, and and and
2: you're bringing a woman into it who is not a public figure. No, has not, uh, and and. I've done some digging and everything I hear suggests there is no
4: relationship. And it is actually it has been denied. I think we should mm-hmm. say that nine have denied there is a relationship.
2: Yeah. And I think it's none of our business. Uh, yeah, absolutely, Malk.
1: Mark, it is none of our business and I feel really sorry for her because a woman who does a really good job for her boss shouldn't be put under the scrutiny of that. You know, the amount of times I've gone to like a work meeting and we're a little bit early or we're a little bit we have a little bit of extra time so we sure. might ha- grab some lunch together. The next Thing you know, she's having it off with her boss. I mean, what is this? The '90s with these stereotypes—it just doesn't seem to make any sense to me.
2: We also had the same situation with Carl Stefanovic when he was uh, doing a OB in Queensland, remember? And he grabbed a six-pack of beers mm-hmm. and was with a young producer and was accused of, "Who's this Carl's with?" You know, like the fact is. I think there's got to be some responsibility. When you're accusing people of this kind of crap, you better have some hard facts and not just be basing it on rumours. Exactly right. Well,
0: or just the fact that they're the opposite sex, because if he was out with a guy, nobody would care. Absolutely. You know, it's just, oh, oh, it's, uh, it's someone with a vagina. They, they must be having sex with them.
2: Mm-hmm. Praise be. All right. <laughs> Meanwhile, the roller coaster world of television continues with. <laughs>
0: Can we
1: go again? <laughs> what? Praise be. <coughs> that is the best out I've ever
3: heard because it has nothing to do with the story. That's amazing. It's very Texan. That but... was a hard gear change from third then Let's
1: move on. All righty, let's move on.
2: Yeah. Praise no, praise be praise because I, I just hate this crap when people are accused of this kind of stuff and it becomes folk, mm. not. Folklore, it becomes fact. And people say, oh, he's having it off with her or she's having it off with him or he's doing him. And without any shred of proof, people are tarred and feathered with this accusation and there's no comeback. You can't go to everyone and say, this is actually not
3: a thing. You know, it Mm. it actually does bother me big time. And especially especially when news have an axe to grind. They will look for mm. every opportunity. So I stand by my praise (laughs) be.
2: Meanwhile, the rollercoaster world of television continues with more budget cuts facing multiple businesses. As exclusively revealed by TV Blackbox, Nine has wielded the axe to its news budget to the tune of $10 million, with cuts taking place across Nine News, 60 Minutes, A Current Affair and The Today Show. This came after Channel 7 made 50 staff redundant, according to the AFR. TV Blackbox has heard there have been more layoffs at 7 last Thursday. Mock,
3: these are indeed troubling times. Yeah, look, nobody wants to see anybody lose their job. And because we're a a, a TV, you know, media-focused industry blog and podcast, we definitely don't want to see anybody in the TV and media industry lose their jobs. That's a no. shit outcome. Um, so to hear those kinds of numbers start to fly around, and, of course, just not that long ago, a week, two weeks ago, Foxtel had another round of redundancies and layoffs, um, which has put them with even less people keeping the lights on uh, down there, uh, it's diabolical. Uh, the the mm. challenge that we face, and, and and I appreciate that for, you know, our, our TV networks to try and continue business, they have done some really quick tap dancing on some pretty hot, you know, sort of plates, to make things keep going. For example, 60 minutes still running uh, and they're still doing overseas interviews, maybe not as big and, you know, the face to face kind of deals that they used to do, but they're still doing it. Um, The thing that works against them is that they've been doing it. And in the past, the largesse of, you know, business class lounges and, you know, business and first flights and all of the stuff that comes with being a big international journalist for 60 minutes. um, Those budgets are snippety snip, snip, snip. Um, Hmm. You know, we don't, We've made it clear that for 60 Minutes to maintain its ratings, we don't have to send... Liz Hayes, Liam Bartlett, everybody, seven times around the world all of the time just to get the story. We can find other ways to do it. Now, absolutely, there are times when having the person sit across from the interviewer, it pays dividends. So, yes, Mm. do it. However, the reporter, I think it was, you know, it was a lot of money. I can't remember the figure that they were reporting in whatever the story was, I think in the Oz, um, around particularly the 60 Minutes travel budgets. Were insane money. Insane money. Now, all of our networks could do with a little bit of fat trimming as far as, you know, the expenses and that sort of stuff, I get it. And certainly for people who sit outside the industry, we don't understand some of how that works and look at it and go, well, that's the glamour of
1: television. Belts think belts definitely needed to be tightened right across the board. I mean, for instance, last year uh, Channel 7 did a story on me which they gave me $5,000 to be a part of. The story was a crap story. It wasn't accurate. It actually was a little bit de- defaming in a way. And, you know, that sort of money was just being splashed out. I think that we definitely could restrain with how much money is being spent but it won't always be able to be like this we won't always be able to have people on zoom chats and get the ratings that people want sure we will have to revert back. i think this is but, a really interesting point But we need to go and we need to realize and do you know who's going to survive here is people who can do it cheaper and people who can do it smarter and that's mm. how we're going to rebuild our way back into it but also let's tell better stories let's make sure that when mm. we go out there and we try and get the ratings that we're connecting to an audience by telling a story that people genuinely want to hear with facts.
0: I think every publicist just got mad at you when you said Well, you could play us less. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't
1: complaining, Sarah, and you know what? I'm not sure. Look, I wasn't complaining about the $5,000 paycheck and nor does anyone, but I guess my point still is relevant in the sense that no one should be giving me $5,000 to tell a story about Big Brother. Eight no, see years ago. I actually
2: disagree. I have no problem with checkbook journalism at all because they get a benefit by being able to have good ratings by having compelling stories and they sell advertising off that. I do not have a problem with checkbook journalism whatsoever. But the the thing here is that there will be changes to the way programs like 60 minutes are made and The question that Nine are going to have to be asking is how long will viewers put up with the Zoom calls? Is that the way of the future? We've shown it can be done when you get a stringer on the other end of the world and do the interview via Zoom. Is that going to be good enough? And that's what they're going to test the waters with and see what happens. So it's going to be interesting... They do need to look for smarter ways to um, bring budgets. We we heard a small number of people got made redundant throughout Nine News. It was it was um, less than ten people but they still have to get $10 out of that budget. Moving on, and the industry has been left in shock after Nine let its rights to Love Island Australia lapse. The news first reported by TV Tonight left many shaking their head as to why Nine would let such an important digital franchise slip through its finger, allowing Seven to become a serious bidder. Well, TV Blackbox can reveal the network, believing Seven and Ten wouldn't be in a position to bid for the show, decided to let its rights lapse in order to play hardball with ITV Studios Australia as part of a strategy to bring costs down. Sarah, it looks like this money-saving plan might have backfired.
0: I mean, it's an interesting gamble. Uh, if you think no one else has got money, then, you know, why not try and, you know, budget yourself down? But if other people will find cash somewhere, then you're screwed. So it'll be fun to see. And, but do we really want to see shows just jump networks all the time? Oh, I don't think people care about that. Brookie, it's
2: certainly been a big success story for Nine on the digital platforms.
4: I disagree with your contention. I think it was you, Rob, that this is a a faux pas on the part of Nine. If we look at the TV landscape, Ten do not want Love Island. They are full to the gunnels with Bachelor This and Bachelor That. Seven, cash-strapped, spend a lot of money on Big Brother. Do they now want to leap into this reality love they franchise did. They wanted when they've it. just They
1: are. That's what they're doing. The answer is yes. <laughs> the thing that was weird Well, but they've got a father who wants a
4: wife. So I Hugh Marks, to bring him up again, has a history of playing very hardball in these Mm. rights negotiations. I think it's business as usual with Nine. I don't see that he is doing anything different. Rob, I know that
3: you're like an excellent um, uh, copywriter and you know how to sell a story. Do Do you think we're overplaying it where the industry has been left in shock over Love Island Australia?
2: I think there were a lot of people scratching their heads, and a lot of people I spoke to were just like, "This has been such a big story for Nine. They've sold the Bejesus out of it. Oh, it's sure. really contributed to their BVOD numbers and their digital platforms. And yes." People at Seven are scratching their heads. So, yes, when I say in my story that people are scratching their heads in the industry, I am telling you, Seven cannot believe this has been allowed to happen. And in the words of someone, a source said,
1: It's on like Donkey Kong. Seven are chasing these rights hard. Well, just to give you the update on this, uh, that is that Channel 9, were are looking to save money, have actually ended up paying more money for this now because they Hang have on. bought it. So Channel 9 have the rights to love Ireland. So Island. 9
3: have got it back but paid more than what they had. The whole thing's
1: going on up the arse for them. A 100%. So that is confirmed. So, See, if I
0: was in a competing station, I would do that, just raise the price on them and not actually buy it. That's what make Nine did with more. the
1: cricket to Seven. Like, this is just return serve, right? It was a safe bet to think that Channel 7 really didn't have the money, nor did they want to buy Love Island. But, yes, Seven went after it, and then Nine have now had to pay more of it. And, to be honest, why would Nine let it go? They've been talking it up and they've been loving mm-hmm. it. It does great things for them digitally. It balances out their age demographic. I think that they have made a really... Unfortunate mistake here, which I'd love to know how much money it was that they ended up having to pay on top of what they should have just got anyway.
2: So I want to confirm, Ben, your sources are telling you Night have retained the rights to Love Island Australia and have indeed ended up paying more. That is correct.
3: Even more shock in the industry. <laughs> Can he have that head never Brooke no,
2: Never knocking. doubt my copywriting, Mum. <laughs> when a I second. say when I pay, say people are shocked or the industry scratching their head, I'm telling you the truth. McKnight, I've so actually researched my story I have
3: so much to that's
2: learn
4: so
1: from f- you, Malk, Is it, it fair? But, but
4: hold on, there is no Love Island this year, is there? It's been canceled
1: No, no, that's the UK series. So the summer series in the UK was cancelled. That hasn't affected the Australian series at the moment. We're actually just talking about the rights for Love Island mm. to the network at the moment. I'm unconfirmed uh, whether. But 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 there isn't a there isn't a
4: 2020 season because of the. No, that's the UK, the
1: headlines you're talking about that, which we covered today, is actually about... exact. Brookie, what you're saying is true and everyone's been talking about it because in the UK, Love Island does big business and the ITV studios have shelved it until 2021 and that uh, Mm. has to do with the virus and that has to do with the fact that Love Island do two series a year. Australia just does one.
2: Brookie, without seeing the contract, I would assume the rights are about the next series of Love Island, which may not necessarily happen in 2020, depending on what's happening with COVID-19. So mm. it would be the next series, which may indeed take place in 2021. Well, it's been a week of highs and lows for Patrick Delaney at Foxtel. Despite News Corp writing down the value of the pay TV subscription service by $1.5 billion, Ooh. with a B, with ab dollars The company has secured a multi-year licensing agreement covering programming from Warner Brothers, HBO, HBO Max and Warner Media Networks. Ben, this is content Stan would have loved to get hold of. Is this the saviour for Foxtel?
1: Yeah, I hope it is. I mean, I'm going to be tuning in and so, so many other people. Some things more so than others, but uh, I they've got the rights to having this friends reunion when it finally happens. So I think a lot of people who have been a part of Foxtel and still subscribing to it will be happy that they're going to get that uh, seen here in Australia, which is great. Also, shows like Gossip Girl are getting rebooted for it. So, look, there's some really interesting nuggets of entertainment that I think people in Australia are, want- are going to want to see that will be seen on Foxtel. So, look, maybe this is an answer as to why Foxtel haven't acted as, you know, scared as what we thought they might have been like a lot of people saying it was out of the business that it was gone and they still weren't packing up their bags they just tightened the straps
3: this is a huge deal for foxtel to pick up right at it 1.5 billion dollars who could man writing that just even saying it gives me the chills um <laughs> for foxtel who have like what is it 450 480 million dollars in in uh, loan repayments due in june This is insane money. Now, the deal we... uh,
2: Yeah, but you need to do something like this, otherwise the business is dead. Well, there's
3: a couple of parts to this, right? The the deal they had, which reportedly had two years to run, was worth about $100 million a year. For them to lock this in, the the word about town is that it's now extended it so that it's five years from now, so seven years uh, on the contract. Mm -hmm. It adds in the HBO Max and the other originals content and continues to make that, home in Australia on Foxtel, not on HBO, not on HBO Max, not on anything else, not on Stan, on Foxtel. That's so critical with their um, binge streaming service in the offing, like in the next month coming out that's super important the other thing is that this leaves i want to leave stan in a hole but it puts them in a precarious position because they absolutely were angling for this and i know that they would have loved to get it because the showtime deal that they have which is guess what a subsidiary of viacom cbs ends soon now, there's no word whether or not Stan will be able to just re-up that deal and keep going. Certainly, you would have to expect the way that Viacom CBS seem to be aggressively moving into the Australian market through 10 that they would want to get all of that content into their properties.
4: We've, d- we've discussed this before, Malk, and I think this would have sent chills down the spine of Stan executives because they cannot guarantee that they're going to hold Mm. on to Showtime. Certainly it looks like, given the supposed premium that Fox will have paid for this Warner Brothers content, they'll be having to pay a lot more for uh, the Showtime programs if they are allowed to retain them. Uh, We do seem to be moving towards a streaming environment. And as I understand it, the speculation that this... There are clauses in the contract that Foxtel has with WarnerMedia that means that they still could launch HBO Max during the life of this deal, Mm. which would obviously have a significant difference to the amount of money that Foxtel are paying. But the fact that there's even speculation that they might have left a clause like that in the contract points to the vulnerabilities of all these Australian services have when dealing with these US content factories.
2: Absolutely. Well, Australian productions are leading the way by showing it is possible to resume filming during COVID-19 restrictions. The SMH reports that means Australia could be poised to attract a lot more foreign production and co-production as it emerges from the shutdown that might otherwise have been the case. Neighbours and children of the corn... Have resumed filming with new protocols put in place. The biggest problem will be getting overseas actors and producers through quarantine. But Sarah, this is some great news for the local industry. If we are the only place that can shoot, people have to come to Australia and make their productions.
0: Yeah, I mean, people can suck it up and be in quarantine for two weeks. You just have to build that into the budget. Absolutely. Although it, apparently, in most states, you don't even have to pay for that anyway. It's just the government putting you up. So you know. <laughs> and if who you
1: can't,
3: do are
0: like. Yeah, you know, just you have a designated place and maybe you could work it out with the government and say we have this lovely mansion for our international folk and for Australians returning overseas, we can put them up in this shitty hotel. But, (laughs) you know, I'm sure it can be done. It's just you just just have to build that extra two weeks in.
4: Well, they're doing it for the NRL and the New Zealand Warriors. So uh, (laughs) allowances are being made by the government. I hear the next big program, which is looking at gearing up production, is Home and Away from Seven, and they've been working very hard to try and get a filming to resume again in June. And, of course, they have a few Kiwi-based actors, uh, judging by the promo that's just dropped, uh, heralding the return of the season. So in a similar circumstance, they would have to go into quarantine if they come back. In fact, I think they're probably being recalled to base even as we speak. So, I believe they're
3: they're... just starting to swim across Brookie.
4: (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> well, if you put
0: them on a boat, they would have done the two weeks of quarantine by the time they get here.
2: We turn weeks. back the boats in this country. Yeah, anyway.
3: The, <laughs> before we get into all of that, it, you're right, the, all of this stuff that we're talking about. And don't forget, um, we're seeing it tonight, podcast time, Master Chef has kept filming. So the whole way through the production, it has, indeed. it's been filming and we're just starting to see those uh, COVID-19 affected episodes on our screens now. So that will continue through.
4: As has, I believe, Better Homes and Gardens has still been filming. The Chase has started up again.
1: Neighbours. ABC
4: has just announced You Can't Ask That is going to be filming again. What what happened to Deborah Lee
1: Finesse? Is she still going to be here to be directing Neighbours? Do we know? Because she was announced to be coming over to Australia and back to Melbourne, her home home state. (laughs) (laughs) Well,
4: in that Herald story about Neighbours, they're saying that the executive producer of Neighbours is even not allowed on the set as part of these restrictions. The Australian Film Television and Radio School has actually produced a 50-page working with COVID document that they have given to state and federal health authorities for feedback, which it ties into this whole idea that you can... uh, Show off the Australian production capabilities in the midst of the coronavirus. Clearly, that's aimed at showing local production companies how to do it, but also wave the flag internationally Mm. as a safe destination. I love it. There's some good news out of all this bad news. It's
2: fantastic. And now it's time for Hatches and Dispatches with Sarah.
0: Thanks, Rob. Ticket TV is launching a brand new breakfast show with our very own Ben Norris and Alana McLean. Hey. Yay! Hey. Ticket Jumpstart is unashamedly pop, saying you'll catch the host talking about big TV events from the night before and interviewing the stars. The show launches June 1 at 7am on Ticket TV. <laughs> ABC iView is delivering 200 hours of additional Australian content for COVID lockdown. The supercharged Australian collection features Stateless and a new series of Mystery Road and Top of the Lake, plus contemporary classics such as The Secret River, The Slap, Clever Man, The Beautiful Lie, and Miss Fisher's Murder Mysteries. And we end on a sad note with the passing of some entertainers. Actor Jerry Stiller has died of natural causes at the age of 92. He became a comedy star twice, in the 1960s with his wife, and in the 1990s with a recurring role on Seinfeld. Roy Hawn, who dazzled audiences as half of Siegfried and Roy, has died aged 75 of complications of COVID-19. And the man who produced Fast Forward, The Adventures of Leno and Woodley, Kath and Kim, and many other productions has passed away. Inside Film reports Mark Bruce died unexpectedly on Saturday. He was 64. And that is this week's Hatches and Dispatches. Rob?
2: Thank you, Sarah. Coming up, Channel 10's big sell to media and advertisers. Malk has all the details. Plus, we'll open the TV Black Bolt to reveal television's (laughs) juiciest (laughs) secrets. TV Black Bucks. We'll be right back.
0: Robin and Robbo. Media executive Rob McKnight.
2: Something brand new is coming to your social media feed. Big Brother winner Ben Norris.
1: This is something bold and informative with a side of humour.
0: And journalist
4: David Robbo Robinson. It's truly going to be something different.
0: And Robo Robbo Show starts April twenty. Go to tvblackbox dot com dot au slash bwr for more information.
2: Yeah, streaming into your social media feeds and on ticker TV every Monday to Thursday at one o'clock. It's just one of the many things we're doing here at TV Blackbox. Don't forget our Eye on Big Brother podcast has launched, where we dissect the new news about Big Brother, we'll be doing nightly episodes once the series comes to Channel 7. In but we've In June. La- <laughs> and we've, yeah, also launched, uh, <laughs> we've already launched with Reggie, Bird, Trevor, Alicia and Ben Norris, the previous winners. It's called Four Winners and Two Losers. Unfortunately, David Robinson and I are the losers. But we also, on top of all of that, if that wasn't enough, we also have the binge box which is one of the best podcasts out there especially if you want your TV viewing. Brookie, what are we
4: getting this week? What is the feature? You could almost almost you could call it the jewel in the crown.
2: I don't think I'd go that far
4: That was a TV joke about a very prestigious drama That was on ITV Yeah. Anyway, close enough Wow uh, I, I Is sh- that the kind of humour we're getting on the binge box now? Uh,
3: well, <laughs> very highbrow high We have an elite
4: Last week I got ganged up on And I'm anxious to avoid that experience This week Uh, The show that we are group binging on, apart from my, as at the moment, top secret retro binge, is going to be one that's dividing audiences but is getting talked about Mm. a lot. It's the Irish teen romance produced by the BBC and Hulu called Normal People and notable not just for its touching coming-of-age storyline but the Sun newspaper's done a survey and said that it's got the most bonking in
3: any TV drama this year. Oh. More than a twelfth of the series is sex.
1: Is uh, anyone else really worried about the other spin-off podcast that is about to come out, which is Sarah Monaghan with the donkey? I actually think that
3: <laughs> <laughs> that podcast that is going to blow so blitz it. wrong. <laughs> Sarah and Ritzy in the mornings. <laughs> It would beat us all. Uh, all. It would beat us all. Wow.
2: Wow. Uh, I can see ugly Dave Gray doing the snip button right now. Uh, Malk, Channel 10 had a very big launch today. Um, It was all done on uh, video because of the times we are in. But Mm. tell
3: us what they were talking about today. Yeah, a completely pre-recorded presentation came to us today from 10 uh, at the appointed hour. They were billing it as, a, ultimately, it's a reminder about 10 being up close but caring for us in a remote kind of fashion. So it was an, absolutely a push to advertisers to remind them that 10 are not just here but are growing and are quick-moving and, as a part of the Viacom CBS family, have access to a sizable chunk of of the Australian market. They are very, very deftly including MTV, Nickelodeon, Nick Jr. content in their broad free-to-air pitch, which is why my lead that we're getting another multi-channel was confirmed today, but they haven't spoken about content still rings for mine, that it's going to be a mix of MTV and probably Nickelodeon content, sort of an ABC2 style, Ah. kids during the day, adults at night. Um, That is yet to be confirmed. But Rod Prosser, Beverly McGarvey did today confirm there will be a third multi-channel for 10 later this year with information to come. And that, for mine, was the big story. Just that moment and gone. And it was in there for about three seconds. And Malk, the rest of it, of course. Uh, yes, any bookie?
4: idea about the crazy kooky name they're going to come up for this one?
3: Uh, the, the, my mail is it's MTV, but who knows where it's going to land, uh, particularly if it's a hybrid channel. Um, it could be, you know, 10 fun, I don't know. Um, Kevin Perry, uh, editor at TV Black Box, also has mail that it's going to be a movie channel akin to um, Seven Flicks because of the deal that, um, as a part of the Viacom CBS family, Paramount Films, Paramount Pictures, is in that, in that situation, so it could just be a churning out of some of that content uh, and mixed in with the other stuff. Look, who knows? We'll get more information on that later, but as it stands, nine months ago I said they'd be delivering an extra multi-channel. Guess who's
2: right? You did. Well done, Mark, and uh, you copped a lot of crap for that, if I remember at the time, so a few people will be eating some humble pie. But it was interesting watching the um, video, and one of the things mm. that this is a video that is aimed at media, to some extent, but really predominantly advertisers. And Rod Prosser, the head of sales at 10, really did a big pitch to those advertisers. This is a really interesting point because advertising deals have been done usually months in advance. They're based on what Mm -hmm. you did last year, expectations for this year. And when you defy the expectations or you fall below, it creates this unbalanced market. And 10 are saying... They want in. They're doing better. Give them your money.
3: Yeah, very much so. It was a big push to advertisers. You know, 10 is dynamic. It's agile. It's nimble. It can somersault and cartwheel all while making an espresso martini. (laughs) You know, 10 is here for advertisers to make sure that they can get their product in front of the right people. But he's got a point, doesn't he, Mark?
2: Because if advertisers are basing it on what happened last year, then their clients... The, the group buyers are not servicing their clients correctly because if 10 have are having a great year so far this year mm. and there yes. are clients out there not being able to take advantage of that.
3: Um, absolutely. It, it is um, critical that they pitch this story because 2020 for 10 has been their best in a long time long time. I mean, we're talking stuff like uh, as far as them pitching themselves, which they have been as the under 50s network competing with nine, by the way, um, they're saying that their share is now 30% uh, in the free to air market for that. And that in 2020, their market, their their ratings uh, market is up 20% since January. That's huge numbers. Now, All off the back of a couple of things which they do and don't have control over. They do have control over the content and Survivor All-Stars, MasterChef uh, and I'm a Celebrity Get Me Out of Here have done great business in their segments and that's done really, really well. And the fact that the thing they could have controlled, the whole COVID-19 pandemic, has played well because people were keen to check out MasterChef because of its positivity and they saw not a skerrick of fade in the market when they introduced three new hosts to what is now a a heritage brand, and if anything, the the numbers went up.
4: Well, they went up big time, didn't they?
1: Massive. It's the
4: the best year for MasterChef in many a long while. We've seen this time and time again, though, viewers flooding in during the pandemic to -to free-to-air television, advertisers following Mm. much more slowly across all networks. I'm wondering whether 10 will suffer down the track due to the inability to film certain programs. We know that The Masked Singer has been delayed thanks to Danny Minogue's Instagram post, but that's going to be filming later in the year. The Bachelor, do we have any clarity over whether that will be appearing in its current form
3: They certainly plugged it like it was
4: coming. Yeah, it's definitely
1: coming. I mean, they've delayed The Bachelorette. They've delayed the announcement of The Bachelorette. What's interesting, though, is it'll be proof to see whether or not all this money being spent on I'm a Celebrity being filmed in Africa is worth spending because it could very much end up with them filming I'm a Celebrity on the location where they use which they use for the UK version. So, look, at the end of the day, with I'm a Celebrity, I'm there for the challenges, I'm there for the celebrities, I couldn't care that there's a lion and a zebra and a giraffe in the background. So there's some money that definitely can be cut, you know, from Channel 10 there. But I think a lot of these shows are definitely going to come back quicker than people think and they're going to come back cheaper. And presumably
4: on I'm a Celebrity, ITV, which has the franchise in Britain and has filmed up on the sort of New South Wales-Queensland border for many a year, would have built quite an impressive setup there. And
3: the crewing mm-hmm. setup is phenomenal, and the, the ability to get them in and out is pretty great. So there's a huge part around that. They were very big to plug stuff that was coming. Gave us, I think, a nearly two-and-a-half-minute sizzle reel for The Bachelor in Paradise. Three couples fall in love. There's betrayal. There's it, It's Machiavellian and what's coming to us this year on Batch in Paradise, and it's in the can ready to go. And so if- it's going to land They. Go, Rob. And, Mike, we actually
2: had Dan Monaghan on this very podcast talk about the fact yeah. um, a couple finds
3: true love. Look, please, you know, may all the blossoms bloom. Let's hope that that's the case. Certainly we're keen to see what will come out of that. The living room has been filming, as we talked about before. I know that they are itching to get that onto our screens. So we'll see what plays out there. And, of course, Junior MasterChef, which hasn't yet started, they're still casting. There's a couple of other bits that were hidden away towards the back end of this as well, though. Rod Prosser made a big deal out of the fact that digital is up for 10. And while he didn't name 10 all access it was included in the graphic uh but acknowledging in catch-up numbers their minutes viewed are up 37 percent now that's no small amount and their live streaming is up 188 percent for the year now again acknowledging coming off a low base You only have to sort of do triple to get 188%. So it's not too bad, but that's still a good story to tell and one that the market um, need to be listening to. My personal view, they gave us a compelling reason that if I was selling widgets that I wanted to get to people who are aged under 50, that I should be talking to Ten about buying some airtime to sell my widgets. Uh, I thought that uh, McGarvey and Prosser delivered great information. Please, 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 somebody at Ten. Teach them how to read an auto cue and present. Unfortunately, Beverly just came across lacking confidence, and Rod Prosser felt like the stick man. It was just tough going. If I can, if I can actually
2: defend Beverly for a moment, please. It would be very, very hard in the middle of that newsroom because it was shot on the news set. It would be Look very, like very difficult standing there trying to deliver this sales reel. Um, with knowing that anyone can look at what you're doing, you would feel like you're – it's not in a confined studio where there's a sense of comfortability and privacy – it would be a pretty tough gig for someone who isn't a television presenter. Just
0: close your eyes and listen to her lovely accent. <laughs> McGarvey and Prosser
3: are, are great people, and, and you're right, when you get them one-on-one, they they can absolutely mow you down with the information and, and can be abrasive, can be warm, can be all of the things that you need. The catch is in this, you get one chance to sell to the market when it's a recorded video. And you need to present with confidence. Yes, but the advertisers I the do want to hear
2: from these executives. You know, like, sure. it's great having all the um, stars, but they actually want to hear the nuts and bolts from the execs, don't
3: they? Look, it's a small criticism in in what was a really yeah. great presentation. I don't want to labour it. I just felt that they could do with some brushing up on their Prezzo skills. Sure, fair enough. And that is what I was saying for the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> I wish that people all could right. see you right now. Can, <laughs> can you hear that? <laughs> Oh whoa. Oh God, again. It's the it's the vault. I think the vault's opening.
1: You may as well just say, Krieg. <laughs> I want like a proper sound effect. No, no, no. I actually that was a proper sound effect. <laughs> Maybe not. It's time for our budget. <laughs> it's time for the TV Black Vault with Ben. Well, well, well. I've got three new stories for you. <laughs> uh, Come on, going to get them out really quickly because uh, the podcast is coming to an end. Five minute call. Uh, which I never re- get any of these right. Yeah, you will this week, I reckon. Which reality TV contestant is getting back at her ex by sleeping with an ex-bachelorette's ex? Oh, that's Jesus. a lot of exes. Did you I think X marks, X marks the spot there. <laughs> oh, that was a really lame joke. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> Matt, Matt, Matt Agnew's ex? Oh, I don't know. Someone. No. But Matt Agnew no, just... should be mentioned every week on the podcast. He no,
4: was a bachelor. He wasn't a bachelorette. <laughs> just note, no, no, no. note to mulk.
1: Another controversial headline uh, you won't see printed is this one. Big brother, what about big sister? A new housemate's sibling has nothing nice to say about their sister and is loathing their sibling's upcoming TV appearance.
3: Oh. Is Meghan Markle's sister in the house?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Channel 7 doesn't think she's famous enough to go with the celebrities they're already putting into their series. (laughs) Finally, which TV presenter celebrated their return to a major TV network way too soon? Apparently balloons were blown and champagne was drunk, but the contract was never on the table. Oh. That's not good. That's, no. that's not a good one But you know what's really interesting about that Just while we quickly finish off today's episode Is what I don't understand about people Is when they tell people That they're going to be on a show Reality, whatever it is sure. At what point do they realise That they're not on the show And the truth will come out And they're never seen on the program like, that's what I don't understand. Like, I get that you could be like, yes, somebody asked me to be on I'm a Celebrity. But when you tell people you're going to be on a show, the delusion is far too great, surely. It's a very
2: good question. I don't have answers for that. But you know what? It's another great edition of TV Black Vault, And we'll be getting all the answers as soon as we finish the podcast. Let's close that door up for another week.
3: <laughs> oh god
2: Creek. <laughs> <laughs> alright like that brings us to the end of another uh, weird edition of TV Black Box if only you knew what happened behind the scenes and all the stuff we had to cut out tonight uh, but thank you Sarah I will see you
0: guys next week
3: thank you Brookie thank you as always Rob thank you Moki as a proud contributor to the band Rob and Robo show thank you
1: and thank you Benny thank you and next week everyone I promise I will say less. You can't make that promise. You don't? No, I really can't. can't. (laughs) Nobody has any faith in me. You just can't make that promise. Don't forget for all the
2: latest news and information, exclusives galore, go to tvblackbox.com.au. Watch the Ben Robin Robber Show every Monday to Thursday at 1 pm. Listen to the Eye on Big Brother podcast. And also the TV Binge Box Podcast. We'll see you next week when TV Black Box continues.
0: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus,